No Simple Road is stoked to have Sunset Lake CBD back with us as our sponsor. Sunset Lake is the real deal. If you've looked around trying to find CBD and it just didn't do what it was supposed to do, this is the place you need to go. They've got every kind of product you can imagine, including CBD tinctures with sleep gummies that are great for getting to bed, CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews that can help bring you a little bit of calm in a stressful day. They've got salve. They've got smokable hemp flower that's great for folks like me that don't want to get stoned and paranoid, but want to have the benefits of cannabis. Well, now you got it. And they even carry CBD products for your pets, man. I'm saying this is Darwin approved stuff. Go over to sunsetlakecbd.com and check out the full range of what they have. This is Vermont grown right to your door and they're giving you 20% off. So put in the promo code NSR20 when you're checking out. You're going to get 20% off your whole order. And I know you're going to love it. They even have subscription options open for you. So you don't forget to get your medicine. Go check out Sunset Lake CBD, everybody. Hey, everyone. Chris Pandolfi from the infamous String Dusters here to let you know that my podcast Inside the Musician's Brain is back on the airwaves for season four, which means it's time once again to get deep with influential musicians from all across the musical landscape to really understand and translate the lessons of success, failure, inspiration and hard work that are behind the music and the artists that we love. My guests this season include Rachel Price from Lake Street Dives, Sam Bush, Chris Wood, Chris Funk from The Decemberists, Lindsay Liu, MC Taylor from His Golden Messenger, and more. Check us out, and thanks for listening. We're so excited to tell you a bit about today's sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They are a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Music Masters Collective events give you the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like Otil Burbridge, Steve Earle, Richard Thompson, former members of the band, the Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, the Fab Foe, and Sean Colvin, and so many more. At an event like the Milk Carton Kids Sad Song Summer Camp, happening this July, you can expect immersive classes, evenings of entertainment, excellent food, and a space for a lucky group of folks to learn, co-write, workshop, and perform with like-minded peers, all with the guidance of Kenneth Pattengale, Joey Ryan, and some of their favorite songwriters. This all-inclusive week in the Catskill Mountains of upstate New York is guaranteed to be magical. Scholarships are available and spots are extremely limited. So visit www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple to learn more. That's www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple. Check it out. Okay, check it out. I want to take you guys behind the curtain for a minute. This is what goes on before we actually start and I'm like recording the intro and all that stuff. This is this is the kind of shit that happens right now. Alright, let's do this and talk and see how it goes. 
And you want us to talk into this thing right over here? We can talk into this thing right over yeah, here. Yeah, if you, you talked into that thing, I'd be good. Yeah, I can talk. Oh, Melly yeah. Jekyll yeah. talking. I need to talk. Oh, so Do I need to get all bonnet? Or I need to get all bonnet. Yeah. All right. So yesterday I was hanging out with DB. And oh, well, you need to get all bonnet. Hey, yeah. What's up? Dubious. <laughs> Dubious. Nefarious creeps. Tooth. Hello. Old Tip of the tongue. Man oh, man. <laughs> this is a thing that we do before <laughs> test to, to get stuff done. Test two stuff oh, times sometimes. And then we talk. And then Ryder, Ryder talks. And now I talk Shut over up. here. And then Alex talks. And then Alex talks over here. And then here. Alex gets closer to the mic. And then Alex, Alex definitely needs to be closer to the mic. And then Melanie talks. And then I talk as what? And then Aaron talks. And then Apple talks. And I talk again. Look at that. And then Alex remains silent. And yes. I do too. And Shut then up. I say stuff that that stuff. Stuff. Do you even have one? Here, we're, I'll just he has a beard. Out as a windbreak. Well, look, Alex it grows right out of his fucking face. <laughs> look at it. What, is, what does your face. beard? What does your beard say? Hi. Balls. <laughs> wow. Son of a bitch. It's a dirty beard. <laughs> Dirty bird. Dirty bird beard. Hello. That's gross. Hello. That would be weird if a bird had a beard. If there was, yeah, like a bearded bird. I don't know why y'all don't just birds. shut the fuck up and go to sleep. Whoa. Damn, man. You just fucking shut the party down. I felt that. It's almost. It was like somebody let the air out of the room. It's almost 11 o'clock. It's time for bed. Yeah, 11 o'clock in the morning. I'm sorry, but I can't wait to have a I have to pee. I'm going to pee. Hey, now, No Simple Road family. How you guys doing? We're back for another fun-filled Glorious, magical, mysterious, mystical episode. You guys are in for a really cool time today. We just had the Garcia birthday band over here at the house. And so it's not our typical interview. Not that No Simple Road ever does typical anything. But, you know, we're normally out on the porch doing our thing. And it's kind of been our vibe. You could hear the birds chirping and and planes flying over and that stuff. But I'll be honest with you guys. It's mid-January in Portland in the Pacific Northwest, and it's a little tiny bit chilly outside. It's really cold, man. My hands get numb out there. I was just out there having a cigarette, and my hands are still kind of numb from being out there. And then we had these wonderful people over at our house today, and I just thought, well, we all just thought that would be kind of rude to make them sit out on our porch and freeze their asses off while we ask them questions. So we're coming to you from our basement today, which is really kind of rad. I I don't know, man. It's weird. Like, I didn't even realize that we had an amazing podcast studio built into the house that we're renting, which is pretty cool. And so we've been discussing all morning ways to set this up so that it's a more permanent situation because this thing is growing. And you guys have been writing in and saying nice things to us. What, Ryder? It's cool down here. You mean it's, it's warm down here? Not, well, yes, it is warm down here, but it's also rad. <laughs> It's a, it's it's a cool a space. Sound. Yeah, it, it is. I like being on the porch. That's kind of our, our deal. But yeah, but maybe we could like winter in the basement yeah. and summer on the porch. Yeah, that sounds I good. I don't know. What do you guys think out there? Write into no simple road at gmail.com and tell me if you hate that idea. Um, yeah, so we're coming to you from down in our basement today. And so you won't hear any birds. You will hear like 
Simon walking around above us and maybe him yelling at his Xbox a little bit. But other than that, you won't hear any of that. Darwin has a nice little nightmare. Yeah, Darwin does start snoring and have a nightmare in the middle of the interview. But Garcia Birthday Band uh, is the local Grateful Dead cover band. And before I go any further, let me just say they are not just a Grateful Dead cover band. They're amazing musicians that really, really do their thing, man. And they just happen to be playing a catalog of Grateful Dead music and are super reverent and thoughtful and understand what they're doing in a way that makes it really beautiful. And a whole community has grown up up here in this city around that band to the point where they can have their own, you know, mini festival and play all over and you know the same family of people is showing up at all the shows and it's a really cool thing like coming from vegas we had amazing uh band down there too catfish john and we're gonna try and get them on the show by the way and you know the grateful dead scene in vegas was its own thing but then moving up here it was really neat to be welcomed in the way we were you know this huge venue that we went to right when we moved up here There's like a statue of Jerry Garcia that was dedicated there. The people that own the place, Edgefield, are deadheads. So the whole campus of all of their bars and restaurants and concert venues are all Grateful Dead related. I mean, the lyrics to um, uh, the other one are painted on the wall inside the Crystal Ballroom. Like, it's it's a thing. So it was really cool to to find that right when we got here. I mean, we, we moved here in June of 2016. Like at the end of June and in July for Jerry's birthday, we went and saw these guys and it was a cool welcome home for us. So you guys are going to enjoy it. Um, but before we get to that, I got to do the the typical podcast stuff that happens before you get to hear what you tuned in to hear. And, you know, you got to listen to me ramble a little bit. So this is me rambling and telling you stuff. Uh, first off, Jeremy Dean, man. Thank you. You're so cool man and if you guys haven't had the chance you you need to go back and listen to it i just wanted to say thanks again for joining us virtually on the porch and for sending us that little envelope full of love and stickers and cool note that you gave us and i appreciate it man and right back at you brother and you know it's cool to form these relationships and friendships through the show and you're definitely part of the no simple road family now um and then speaking of family on our website i got the family in the menu up at the top of the page And what that is, so if you guys are out and you go to a show and you take pictures, because I see all of you fuckers with your phones in your hand at shows, and you're taking pictures. So when you do that and you're going to post it anywhere on social media, do us a little favor and hashtag No Simple Road on there. So what that'll do is on our website where it says The Family, it'll pull up the 20 most recent Instagram posts And we get to see each other and learn who the family is. And it's a way that we can continue to build the community and get to know each other and meet virtually, you know, because the Internet has become this meeting place for all of us. And it's how we get to know each other. And it's where we can see what we're up to. And you guys have been at it and it's fucking cool. It's it's neat for me, like being the host of this show to open up my what our our website. I shouldn't say my it's ours open up our website but it's our thing and open up our website and see stuff that i didn't post that like was just hashtag by the community it's fucking rad so yeah hashtag no simple road when you go out when you know you're gonna 
take pictures of your camping trip or you go on vacation or you go to a show or you're going to do a live stream like hashtag no simple road on that and then it'll show up on our website for a time and that's cool um you can follow us on instagram at no simple road and also on facebook and all that stuff so you know go by and do that stuff and then Ryder has been toiling endlessly going back over the old episodes i wouldn't say toiling i i i, I stopped for a couple days back on Come on, man. I know. I'm sorry. Stuff Whatever. It's weird. All right. I get it. You're not getting paid. Fine. Whatever. Ryder's been at it with YouTube, um, transferring all the old audio to video and all the back episodes. So those are going up slowly but surely on there. So drop a like and, and subscribe <laughs> on YouTube. You know, like go over to YouTube and actually click the subscribe button to the no simple road page and you've actually been doing like videos while we're recording and stuff and you're going to post some of that stuff up there right yep okay i cool. just gotta figure out how to edit blog vlogs together that's all well that's cool just do that and then all that stuff will be up on youtube and it'll be awesome and they'll go over and drop a like and subscribe and, yep. <laughs> so funny smash that like button saying that is fucking hilarious all by itself so yeah and then the monetary stuff guys so no, I've said this over and over again, and I'm going to keep at it because that's what you do, and that's how you keep the show growing. And it is growing, and it's getting bigger, and there's more of you joining us on Instagram and listening to the show every week. The numbers are going up. So we need your help, man. Um, we need some equipment. We need to get a carpet. We need to blah, blah, blah. And we need your help. That's the bottom line. So the ways you can do that, uh, first of all, on our website at the bottom of the page is an Amazon link. It's a portal that'll take you to the regular Amazon page. If you're going to buy something on Amazon, go on over there and go through our link at the bottom of nosimpleroad.com. And when you buy stuff through that link, um, they give us a small portion of what you spend on their site. And that's kind of cool. It doesn't, you know, it's not money that you weren't going to spend anyway. You know, you were going to go buy toilet paper or toothpaste or hairbrushes or dog biscuits or whatever the thing is that you're going to get. And they'll give us a little percentage of that. And that's a cool thing. And you guys have been doing it slowly, but surely it's growing. And I appreciate it. And we thank you for that. And that's really cool. Um, next is the Patreon thing. So Patreon, if you don't know what it is, um, is a way for you to... Um, I don't know. What is it, Ryder? Like supporting, support, creators. supporting creators. Yeah. So it's a monthly thing. Um, you can give as little as a dollar a month to the show to help us keep doing this thing. And it's patreon.com forward slash no simple road. That's one word. And we put our episodes up there and you can give as little as a dollar a month or up to as much as you want. And there's different tiers. You'll see it when you go over there. And there's also a link to that at the bottom of nosimpleroad.com. Um, and then, you know, <sighs> important things. Um, let's see, iTunes. Yeah, if you're listening to us on iTunes, Google Play Music or Stitcher, go to the review section, leave us some five-star reviews. We'd appreciate it, you know. And if you have the time, leave us a little review on there. We appreciate that, and it helps us go up in the rankings, and it helps people find out about the show. Um, it's a really really cool thing it helps no simple road get out into the world it helps people find out about us and it's something that you can do that doesn't cost you anything that helps the show out so yeah that's another thing and then also uh, we have a merch page at no simple road.com 
Um, right now, there's just stickers up there. I, don't, I shouldn't say just stickers. They're really nice stickers. Cool stickers. And they're, yeah. only, and they're only two bucks. And you can head over to nosimpleroad.com and pick up some stickers, and I'll mail them to you, and I'll mail you a little note. And, yeah, it's a cool thing that you could do and another way for you to help out No Simple Road. And we're working on shirts. Justin has been toiling endlessly in his basement creative laboratory. I don't, I don't even know if that's a thing. I don't know if he has a basement Should in his be. house. He probably does. I, I'm making that up. I was trying to be colorful with my language. West, right? like that's... No, he's in the South in oh, North okay. Carolina. Hi, Justin. Works. But yeah, anyway, he's been working on shirt designs. And probably by the time this comes out, they'll be close to done, I hope. But those will be going up at nosimpleroad.com and the merch page where you can find the stickers. And you can go to patreon.com forward slash nosimpleroad. And you can support us monthly there, and you can go to the Amazon link, and you can go on Instagram, and you can leave hashtags and all that stuff. And if wow. you don't, if you want to rep us, and you don't have a T-shirt, you can like the next time you're on the bus, you just play it out loud, like put it on your phone. Or you could just buy stickers and stick them places. Oh yeah, that was something too. If you, I got an email the other day from uh, somebody here in Portland that actually saw a No Simple Road sticker stuck somewhere in a coffee shop. Really? Yeah. So if you guys are out in the world and you happen to see a No Simple Road sticker in the wild, take a picture of that shit and hashtag it. And yeah, that would be a really, really cool. neato, cool thing that you could do. So yeah, that's that's all the business stuff. If you're fast forwarding, hi, this is where you stop and we're going to get to the interview. So in case you forgot, while I was talking and going through all that, we're interviewing the Garcia birthday band today. And it was so cool to have them over at the house. It's, it's neat to get to meet people that you, like, have seen play and idolize and stuff. But it's even cooler when they're super chill. And you can do it in your home. Yeah, and they're, <laughs> and they're, like, hanging out in our basement. And, and you just feel that, like, family vibe. Like, hey, I've known this dude. Even like, Darwin loved him. Yeah, Darwin didn't even really bark or growl. We and bagels and cream cheese first. That was cool. Yeah, so you guys are going to dig it. So I'm going to shut up and, well, no, I'm not going to shut up because if, if I shut up, then the, 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 so shops, the show stops, but I'm not going to shut up. I'm going to play you a different recording of me babbling now. So without this, this what? future, you is going to shut up. Yeah. Right. Okay, well, good. me so now is going to be the Sto shops. Anyway, shut up. God, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I give you the magical, the mystical, the miraculous, the fantastic, the talented, the incredible Garcia Birthday Band. So you edit? No, we're live. No, it's live. It's live. Right. 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 Oh, right now. Yeah, we're on the air. Everybody just <laughs> broadcasting on shortwave radio to Singapore. Three followers. Shortwave. Short. There's one dude in Kansas and one yeah. One guy in Kansas. One guy in Singapore. The guy in Singapore is not listening. He just left his laptop. Yeah. So Myanmar. Sorry. Yeah. We have the Garcia Birthday Band. We're part of it with us. It's pretty awesome. Thanks for coming over, you guys. It's really Thanks cool. for having us. It feels weird. Like How we've been talking all morning, and I'm like, "Wait, how you doing?" Thanks for coming. We have three of them. So who's missing? Adam King on keyboards is not here, or nor is Justin Justin John, the guitar player. Okay. And who do we have here in front of us for everybody out there? Uh, Peter Bach, guitar, vocals. 
Scott Gillen, bass and vocals. Arthur Steinhorn, drums. No vocals. Oh, oh okay. Except so, today. By design. So when we, check it out. So when we moved to Portland, like, I knew that the dryer was going to come on. So <laughs> I knew that, that, like, Portland was very Grateful Dead friendly. Vegas, not so much. At the time, like, Further and Rat Dog and stuff would play Vegas. And maybe a year, I had lived there for 30 years. So, like, maybe a year before or two before we left, there was a Grateful Dead cover band, Catfish John, that started. And um, so there was nothing really like that going on in Vegas. So I knew like moving up here, we were going to have a lot of music. And then so we moved up in June of 2016 at the end of June. And right around the 4th of July, you guys played or Gar- Garcia's birthday, actually. Um, you guys played at Edgefield. And that was our first live anything in Portland was you guys. <laughs> And so it was like a cool introduction to to Portland and it felt like being welcomed home. It was really, really cool, man. And Edgefield's such an amazing venue too. Oh, yes. like, it's it's pretty incredible. And that's actually where the band sort of came together. When that Jerry statue was installed in nineteen ninety eight, the sculptor Lyle Hain, you guys know the statue that I'm oh, yeah. to. Yeah. When that was installed there, they said, oh, well, we're going to have this, uh, we're going to have a, a, like a, a show or just a, an event around the an installation of that statue. And then it'll also be Jerry's birthday. So our, uh, a couple of the people that worked there put together a jam that included you, I believe, that first year in Peter, 88, me, Peter. Yes, indeed. And, uh, <laughs> I was working there and was on a break. And went out to where they were playing and ended up sitting in with them. So for, gosh, like 12 years, that was an annual thing. No, it wasn't even the same people from summer to summer. Okay. Different. Like some of the people would be the same, but mostly it was different people. Nothing prepared, just jams. Sometimes there was a drum circle. It was all over the place. All right. And then in one year, in 2004... I was playing with a band called the Buds of May and two of them were actually in that band. And it was a huge unit. I think it was like nine people. It was crazy. Like four <laughs> guitar players, two drummers, two keyboard. I mean, it was big. What kind of music? It was all, it was dead. Okay. okay. Or deadish stuff. And I went and sat in with those guys for like a whole set and didn't, didn't give poor Dan Davis his, his bass back. <laughs> and then uh, they wanted that same band had circulated in the McMinniman's headquarters that a recording of that. And they, Mike McMinniman suggested that we open for a band on a Halloween thing out at the Cornelius Pass Roadhouse and we needed a name. So it was like, oh, well, we'll just be the Garcia birthday band. And that's, so that's where the that's name came cool. from. And it stuck. And then ever since then, that annual event has happened and it's just been since about 2000. Eight or so, 2007, 2008, where that were the Garcia birthday band that was the main thing as part of that instead of the dedication of the statues and other bands. Yeah, that would see. I didn't know that statue was even there. And like I said, I had never been there before. And so coming into that place, like walking down there and just super stoned and tripping through that little path. And then I found that and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like I moved here. I get to live here now. Like they have statues of Jerry Garcia with roses all over it. And 
you know, I came from the desert. It's <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Welcome to Portland and seeing you guys was just amazing. We didn't know who you were. We you we were playing like, what is it called? The Grove? The Little Red And everybody was just dancing and having so much fun. There was food, drink, families, kids. Yeah. And we got our groove back on. Yeah, <laughs> we were like, oh, my God. And we were in there. We immersed and got right up front a couple times where we were standing you know, but you were so accessible, like four feet from you because the crowd was so tight up Pushed against all there. Upon, yeah. And we were just the way you guys flow together and play, like it's just amazing. And that I was I was wondering, like on set do you guys just flow? Do you have a set list or do you just go with what it does and where the crowd takes you? Like probably eighty-five or ninety percent of the time we know at least the first two or three songs that we're gonna do. And a lot of times that's determined on who's singing a particular song. So that it doesn't get too heavy on one person singing the whole set. Right. Okay. Absolutely. And th- but then there's other times if we're, if we're playing on a bill or like a co-bill um, with another band or opening, we'll know exactly what we're doing pretty much down to the minute. But wow. the rest of the time it's, it's not, we just kind of all just improv Extent you know, calls for we, the we tend part. to we tend to powwow you know within a half an hour before before we go on to kind of <clears throat> look over the set and like Scott said we'll come up with two or three and maybe go okay let's open with this and and then we'll end the set with this okay and then fill it in so what okay fill what about the middle how, part how, <laughs> how do you fill right. in the middle so part if you Feeling. know we yeah uh, we have uh, we have four strong vocalists. And we're not a band where we have a Jerry person and a Bobby person and definitely not a Phil person because um, our bass player, Scott, sings a lot of tunes from right. both both sides of the Jerry, Bobby. And so what we just try and do, we try and kind of just circle the vocals around. Oh, it's your turn to sing. What do you want to do? Oh, let's do this, you know. Okay, great. We'll do that. You got one lined up for that? Yeah. Okay. Well, and then in the jams when we when we're stringing tunes together, yeah. um, it's keep your head up and keep your ears on because at, after we're jamming for a while on something, to hear uh, where we might want to go. So you'll hear cues like. Yeah, when you hear somebody you play hear, a little lick somewhere, and they're like, "Oh, okay, we're gonna." Yeah, um, most of the time, that's how some it of that occurs. happens, or somebody, you know, raises their hand and, "Oh, get get your eyes. What are we doing?" And oftentimes, three people of the five will hear what's actually going to happen, and the other two are just, "Oh, oh, here we are." <laughs> they get dragged along <laughs> yeah. in the way. Peter, so, you're nodding. Is that you that gets yeah. dragged away? Well, it depends on who's sure. on the edges of the stage yeah. sometimes because sometimes it telephone it, and we have that as well because it's really difficult when you mouth something in the middle of a jam and it looks like deep ellum but it's after midnight or something like that. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. art can't hear me over I, the symbols and i can't and so and then sometimes uh if a jam's kind of going along and um i may just find a groove that i like that i know is a common groove you know that right. uh, in the could, vernacular so to speak and then just leave it there for whoever number. in the band wants to find the tune that is in that groove or can be played in that groove. And then they just go from there. Or oftentimes it'll be a mistake. 
in the middle of a jam uh, that'll <laughs> send it into something that yes. you hadn't planned at all. Right. right. Yeah. That'll work. <laughs> like and a happy accident. Absolutely. Totally. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's well, life, so right? What's the percentage on that? Like, does that happen quite often? Uh, not the accident. Not, okay, the not accidents the accident. don't, don't, don't happen all that often, but it, it's a lot of times we'll come up with like crazy sequences that the dead would never have done. And that really nobody should ever do. That <laughs> <laughs> sometimes work great, and afterwards it, we will just be all kind of flabbergasted that that actually worked. Right. So then we'll put that in the hopper and say, okay, okay well next time we again. do this, we need to switch it up. But for the most part, it's it's most of the time it's all extemp. We don't we don't have much prepared really. Well, and taking a step back to that, uh, Arthur, God bless him, is kind of the keeper of the of the master list, what we played last night or last week, the last show, wherever that was compared to also what we played last time we were at that venue. Oh. And especially if we go out of town, like Eugene, I mean, Portland, we're playing all the time. So we don't really put a, Oh gosh, we, we can't play Terrapin again in Portland for six shows, but that doesn't matter. But when we go to Eugene, we try to look at not because we get there once a quarter we, and Inadvertently, we could end up if we just left it to ha- what we're what we're playing in in line. I'm doing this with my hands for all you podcast listeners. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 falling down the stairs, <laughs> and, and I was nodding uh, at it. <laughs> you know, we could end up going all year playing three shows in Eugene and, and playing the same set list every, every time we're in Eugene. Right. We didn't yeah. pay attention, or to mostly kind of the same. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, we. We do try to pay attention to that kind of stuff and then bring it. So it's, it's a little bit of a stew. So it's for all of it. It's all of it. It's some yeah. accidents. It's some mm-hmm. a little bit so of feeling. It's There's it's, something I've always wanted to ask bands that play this type of music. So it, for me, like whenever I went to dead shows or any jam band kind of show, it seems to me like first set is kind of letting everybody get there kind of more of the dancey kind of tunes. Then after the set break is more extended jams, space, drums, like more trippy. Cause you know that people have imbibed and done their thing and they've lifted off and now it's time to let go. Is that kind of a thing? Do you guys think about it like that or no? Not really. Okay. There's a little bit of that, but we're, you know, we're not opposed to having a, fir- uh, a second set, first first set of set. song. This, <laughs> and a, yeah. And, and then, but then we'll do uh we'll, you know, We'll do playing Uncle John's China Doll to open the show or oh, something. Shit. We'll okay. happily ignore so. the that format. I mean, oh, it, it, the format is the same in that there's two sets generally, right? But we're just as likely to put a what would me and my uncle traditionally be the second at the set, end of the second set, yeah, where or in the wrong place. Yeah. Blue would have been or something right. like that, you know? Yeah, or open with Althea or whatever. Right. So you guys, I mean, on your own. Are amazing musicians without the Grateful Dead music. Like you guys are super accomplished musicians. Can we, I want to hear about well, that. Can wait, we wait, 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 hang, hang on. So and and can... so I'm curious, what's the what's the thing about the dead music that makes it the thing that you want to pursue as what you do? Because you guys could all do your own thing and be super successful, I'm sure. Why is it the dead? what's what's the thing? Maybe they can sneak in their their backgrounds. <laughs> I mean that that is a that, right. Yeah, that it's is a great a segue, segue please, because, Peter. <laughs> um, 
uh, I, I think all of us in our, you know, in our, from our, or in our forties to our fifties, most of us started when we were in our teens and twenties. And uh, speaking for myself, you know, I, I did that. I was in an original rock and roll band, touring rock and roll band and, and through my early twenties and, uh, through my twenties actually. And, uh, so I, I, I chased that dream right. a little bit and, uh, it's fun, but it's it's really difficult to be an original musician and make a, a, any kind of you know make it financially feasible to right. continue because it's an investment, not, you know, time, talent, treasure, and you gotta got to be something back. So right, uh, that's tough. So so uh, Grateful Dead music provide it's well, a it's in and also it's in all our blood. I mean, we're all deadheads from from way it's part back, of our so DNA. It. Uh, um, and and it's I guess for me it's just fun to play. There's not I'm, we're not really out to prove anything uh, per yeah. se, which you know. And but uh, I, I'm we're entertainers. I like I like entertaining. I like lighting people up. And, He's a hand, and, and it's a good. <laughs> Here's Here's a dude, definitely fun, entertaining. Uh, I can't wait to see you guys it's again. After tonight. Oh, going tonight? Yeah, we're gonna go. Wait, I thought. I need to know about this. Okay, so, cool. I don't have I mean, to wait long. I, as, far the, as far as the as far as the just the the music itself is so is so wonderful and it's rich because the dead to me, depending on what era you're talking about, the dead could be a country band or mm -hmm. a jazz band or a, even a, like a funk band at times, or an, I don't know what kind of music this is <laughs> often. And for me, I came from playing uh, like metal and I played in reggae bands for a, a long hey, time. Can we cool. talk about your shirt real quick while we're on oh, the yeah. subject? That's Absolutely. the coolest Slayer shirt I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty awesome. It's a tie-dye Slayer it's a shirt. It's a batik shirt with the yeah, Slayer on it that, that was made by uh, a friend of mine that has a... I actually have a... There's a spider on here in memoriam of Jeff Hanneman, the oh, okay. late Jeff yes, Hanneman. Yes. But yeah... It's That's a, our background as well, uh, by the way. Yeah. Still love the metal. Yeah. Always love the metal. So coming from the, the dead... Coming to the Dead thing, I came there through um, basically seeing a really good Dead cover band at my college where I went to school in Valparaiso, Indiana. And I encountering the Deadheads was like running into people that followed music like most people follow baseball or basketball. Mm -hmm. I mean, they follow the stats and I'd never encountered that before. And being exposed to that, I was like, okay, these are my people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that was pretty much it. And, but coming to, instead of pursuing the original thing, which like Peter said, is extraordinarily difficult. And now that no one buys CDs anymore, it's also nowhere near as lucrative right. at all. So being able to play the, the great, these amazing songs, which so many people have deep personal connections with, it's a, it's, it's an honor and it's, oh, it's cool, not something man. that we take lightly that's at, so at all no no yeah and uh you know we all have day jobs this is what we do. That, we're yeah. weekend warriors this is what we do for fun wow this is our hobby in a way you know and, that's a hell but, of a hobby yeah so it's pretty awesome yeah <laughs> yeah it's a nice hobby um and yeah i started out uh playing in grateful dead cover bands when i was late in high school and then um in during my college years were you in college. kingfish 
Yeah, so I was in Kingfish okay. and did some time on the road with Marmaduke and the New Riders and uh, with David Nelson Band and from the beginning and and other stuff. But um, you know, it's just it's in my blood from an early age and. Um, and so, Arthur's got the deepest pedigree. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe not the best memory. But, uh, and so uh, that's why, you know, we play 80, 80 shows a year, almost at least three quarters of them in Portland. And it gives, you know, it, the community grew out of uh, around the music. It right. just, and I, I do think that we have to pay some homage to the social media and the their ability to oh no to, no to doubt get about together. it i mean the beauty of of it uh so so much of the fulfillment is off the stage it's from the community that's grown up uh like you know like you you, you just come into the family and we're welcoming and uh it's interesting because the younger generation i'll call them younger generation but the people who can now just get into bars you know and right. and go out um, though we do play, we like to play uh, as many all ages shows as we can, but they're occasional. But when the young, when these younger folks come out and they're growing in numbers, they kind of sense uh, like the scene of oh, the etiquette, the when do we talk? Oh, we better keep quiet now. You know, it's a, it's a different thing. And they yeah. see the love and the smiles. And um, it's it's really wonderful to see because we've got at least three generations coming wow. to, coming to our shows and um yeah, it's like seeing little kids you know like you see little toddlers around oh it's so cute you know and i think for some of the older folks you see some of the younger people enjoying it i we were in we were at a show just a couple months ago i remember and it was an all-ages show and i remember uh scott was singing e uh easy wind and out of the corner of my eye i see this guy he must have been 15 years old singing the words of easy win Whoa, i was man. like that kid's in the know i mean if it was trucking or another tune i but here he was singing easy win i was like knowing all the words so, yeah i that's, was like this is cool it's good yeah, yeah. Really. yeah, yeah. you're that's yeah. a good boy you're a good boy uh, <laughs> yeah. i remember those kids at that show yeah so uh, anyway i think that's why we we, we really enjoy the thing the, for me is I, I think it's easy for a lot of people to say oh well it's a dead cover band and thinking that no matter where you're at in the country, because there's dead cover bands in every metropolitan area, at least one, mm -hmm. probably several. It's it's kind of like, oh, well, I'm going to go see a dead cover band. To me, it'd, it'd be like going to a hotel bar and seeing a jazz band. I'm not going to be thinking, oh, well, I'm going to go see a Miles Davis cover band. I'm going to go see a Charles Mingus cover band. You're just going to go see a, a jazz performance mm -hmm. and the dead's music what we do with it is pretty much the same thing as what they do with jazz standards we're just playing from a different book which happens to have a really deep book that includes a lot of you know traditional stuff and jazz standards and whatever to me that's that's the whole appeal of the dead's music is it's it's tied in with the individual musicians where they come from where you are where you're watching them in the country i mean all of that to me, that's what the dead's material kind of lends itself to. Well, the song, then the songbook's a huge gift in, in how vast it is because we're, you know, we're, we have probably what 140, 150 songs that are actually in rotation. 
Yeah. At least, wow. I mean, yeah. we and uh, and it's from the Jerry's Jerry song, but I want to, yeah. yeah, that it's not just the dead, but it's what Jerry was doing. And we got some solo, songs. we got some solo Bobby stuff in there too, some Kingfish, a little bit, yeah. and the Couple. Dylan, and and, yeah. and and all and all that. Right. But to, but uh, playing originals, that takes you a long time to come up with 150 songs oh, yeah. to play enough that may, that you know keeps it interesting, and that and to be able to not have to play Brown Eyed Girl every night. Ugh. Do you guys like have originals? Everything's original. Yeah, <laughs> that's what he just said. <laughs> they just happen to be well, playing uh, some standards yeah, and making yeah, original. Right. Okay. Yeah, the jazz standards. Not, it, this music for me, and, and I think for yeah. both, <laughs> you know, gives me the ability to, ex, you know, express myself in, individually, experimentally on yeah. the guitar. I mean, I, you know, I've, I've been a Grateful Dead fan, been a Bob Weir fan from he got me. You know, picking up the guitar and and That's really trying nice. to do what he did, and so I, you know, I'm the uh, rhythm guitarist in in GBB. But it's it's a vehicle mm. for me to express myself because I'm I'm not I I you know I have my own style. You're not Bob Weir, dude. To... <laughs> I hate to tell you this. Oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, you know, only your brother the, can the, say the, that to you, man. Peter's yeah, I'm sorry, man, yeah, but you're not Bob. <laughs> The music's alive. That that's what I see from that's what, from from my perspective, looking back at the stage. It is. You yeah. can you that's can what brought you, us if, to the, if the musician band. is accomplished, he opens up to that thing, and it pours through because it's alive. It's a yeah, thing. It's, it's an entity a, that uh, is in that space, we, and you're we, just connecting. It's never the same twice. Touch, touch the Palantir, <laughs> right? From uh, Lord of the Rings. Yep. We get yeah. To, we get to. We get to hold the Palantir hold occasionally, the Palantir. but you can't hold the Palantir all the time. It doesn't work like that. It, bur- it burn your brain out. Yeah. It turns you into worm tongue. And yeah. Nobody wants nobody that. Nobody wants that. So is it kind of like meditation? Like, do you realize that you're in it when you're in it? And then it falls apart. <laughs> yeah. Once you become self-aware that you're, well, we're doing it. you're not a body, then boom, when it's, snap back There's in. times in, in the jams and a lot of times, actually, when we're in like the improv section of a song where... To me, the vibe is the same, but our improvisations and our musical structure is very bears little resemblance to what the dead would actually do. There. It's you guys. It's your yeah. it's your life coming okay. through that thing. So it, it might sound more like King Crimson or Fish or who oh, knows, Slayer. whatever. Yeah, Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> Occasionally, yes. that, I, I, there's yeah. definitely times when I, I quote plenty of Sabbath bass lines throughout an evening, <laughs> sort of inadvertently Sneak or purposely. In. Yeah, that's what gives the stew flavor, man. Yeah. That, that, you know, and then people catch that. Like, Did you hear that? <laughs> that 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 rarely happens, but yes, that has been. It's been spotted. Are they going into fairies wear boots? Are they actually <laughs> doing nib in the middle of not fade away? <laughs> yep. We are. That happened. <laughs> you know, you talk about the the younger generation, and it's something that him and I and, and Mel have seen going around. I don't consider myself the younger generation. No, but you, you're <laughs> thirty well, something. <laughs> I just mean it because yeah, I, I don't have more, the deep more. roots of. Yeah, you know, right. like yeah. I'm newer to liking the music and going to the concerts and stuff like that. Not that I'm younger, but the like Apple and I last We're year, late 40s, she's in her 30s. Yeah. Oh, so went down to Shoreline <laughs> and um, there was these two younger people there with us standing next to us. And when they when they walked up, you were talking about the etiquette, right? So the 
you guys have been to Shoreline, like the lawn up there. Mm-hmm. And we got our chairs because I don't. God damn, I'm sitting Because we're older now. We got chairs. <laughs> and yeah, and uh, we sit our chairs down, spread the blanket out, and these two kids come up, and they're like, hey, guys, is it okay if we sit near you? I was like, oh, my gosh. Hell, yes, you could. Absolutely, yeah. you could stay with us, you know? And we ended up hanging out with these these two, and they were amazing people. Like, got the music, knew all the lyrics, were just awesome Kids and we stayed in touch with them. They're actually coming down to stay with us when Darkstar plays. And uh, it's neat to see that it's continuing on and having the opportunity to see it live instead of because listening to the Grateful Dead, I can hear all of Europe 72 a million times at home, but it's a completely different thing when I come out and I see you guys play. It's happening in the moment and there's something different about that thing when it's in the moment like that than when it's recorded absolutely i mean we're living now in the golden age of access to live recordings right going through the whole taping thing maintaining my list handwriting the list sending boxes of tapes away in the mail i mean i miss that i miss (laughs) writing out the j cards with all the special fonts and everything i miss that but now, if you want to listen to all the Fire on the Mountains from May Ever. 1977 yeah. or all of 1978, you can certainly do that. And you can listen to pristine Charlie Miller mastered recordings on archive, you know, for days right. without repeating anything. But it's not the same as going to a live performance of it and being with people of like mind all together. It's, it's telepathy. It's, 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 it's a, it's a special thing. That's not, uh, that doesn't transfer to other types of music. I mean, I've you're s- not going to go see that. You're not going to encounter that. At least I don't think you would encounter it at a Metallica tribute show no. or mm-hmm. even at a Metallica show with no. the actual Metallica. And I, I've said, I've said on the show, shout out to motor breath, our friends in the Metallica tribute. Who are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> right on. I've said on the show a bunch of times, like it, there's a thing that happens when we all get together in that space and, and we're listening to music and we're the crowd is jazzed all day to go to this thing. And then it happens. And then the band comes out and we do our thing. There's a million bands that I could go see where there's something special happens, you know, government mule, um, fish, whatever. But there's something different about the grateful dead and the grateful dead's music. There's a certain thing that that has that nothing else has. At least I've never found that like when i used to see those those stickers that say good old grateful dead or there's nothing like a grateful dead concert it's not just saying that it's a good time like that means something and i i never when i was younger i would see that shit and i would just be like oh yeah whatever grateful dead are cool i get it now like now that i'm older and i've been around the block a little bit or i think i have (laughs) there's something special there that nothing I haven't found. I mean, you guys have that experience. Like nothing else really has that. I, For I me. think it, it represents the peak of human evolution. And uh, I love that answer. There you go. My opinion. Mm-hmm. So what, yeah. what the Grateful Dead have have the wow. cracked open in the consciousness universe. Yeah. How does it feel from? Because you guys still go to shows, clearly, right? So how does it feel? I'll see being, it all. I got. I got. I. Yeah. You know, we're 20 years into the bonus round right now. 
So, and I, everything's a gift. It's true. That's badass. I just want to know how does it, it feel like being on the other side? So you guys are, you know, bringing that flavor and, and Scott allowing- said it's an honor to be able to do it. And, to, you know, we've been, you know, the music runs through us. We're musicians. We've been, you know, playing this music all our lives. And, and it's, um, yeah for me it's yeah i mean i think for us it's like every time we get up on stage we're up on the altar it's our time to do it it's not any you know you we have to be present Mm. and in some ways we challenge each other when we find one of us slipping a little bit uh away maybe from that or you know that we we all have to be present and i think part of it is that when you come to a show like this you need to listen as much as the musicians are listening because you don't know what's coming next. You don't know if that next solo, which you've always heard on this record, right? And you know what's coming or on this recording. But when our, any show, like a lot, when you go to a live show, jazz show or any type of show, you know, you're listening. Mm-hmm. You're, you're part of what makes the whole thing happen. And so if a solo in a solo, there's hoots and woots from the crowd and, and stuff, you know, those people are listening and feeding back to us what what we're doing. And so we challenge each other to listen and we challenge the audience to listen. And that's part of why we mix it up so much. We, can't, we don't want we people, and some, you know, ex, oh, I know what's coming next. And though for some people, it's it's a letdown. Like if we don't do Scarlet Fire all the time. Right. In fact, more times than not, it's something else. Those people expecting and wanting that fire don't get it, right? And then they have to come around to going, okay, it wasn't fire, but oh, this is cool. Wow, that's really cool, you know. And so, <laughs> you know, it's all uh, this whole mind thing, you know. Yeah. And uh, I think we've trained everybody enough not to expect Franklin's Tower at the end of. Slipknot yes. anymore. <laughs> so much to the point that when we do it, it surprises us. Exactly. They're like, what's right. it going to be? What kind of weird. In typical know, prankster fashion. You know, it might be Hell in a Bucket. It might be Passenger. <laughs> it might be Foolish Heart. We don't. Yeah. Always know. And I see I've seen that. I was looking over your guys' set lists recently yeah, quite we, a bit. And we, you do throw some surprises. We in like there. to build a set list in the in the How's that, how would that look on paper kind of thing? Right. Yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, that's going to look we'll good on paper. About, we'll we'll talk about some ideas we've good, answered around. Yeah, it looks great on paper. And, and the yeah. most recent, though, looking at the what was the the 30th and the New Year's Eve show. Oh. The set list that you guys did in those two days. Oh, my God. Well, it was I was reading it to him this morning. And we're, I was just like, just listen to this. I'm just rattling them off. Right. It's like, like looking at me, are you done yet? How about what? <laughs> how, they put that there? Well, it's just amazing that you guys throw those little curveballs and stuff. Well, I guess that's yeah. what keeps it fresh. The one from New Year's Eve, we that was actually a reprise of of a joke that we <laughs> devised in Eugene because <laughs> we were like, okay, we'll do Saint of Stephen eleven, blah blah blah, Lost Sailors, Saint, Saint, Lost Sailors, Saint of Circumstance, Saint Stephen eleven. Yeah, that's how it started. So then it was like, no, wait a minute, nah, wait a minute. Too, Why don't we do Lost Sailor, Saint Stephen, Saint of Circumstance Whoa. eleven? So that would be lost. So it'd be sailor, saint, 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 saint. 11. <laughs> and, and it just happened to work. I mean, we had to kind of map it out and see how we would piece it all together. And it, so it worked really well. And I mean, of course, we're just cracking ourselves up on <laughs> writing this down. Like this is the stupidest thing we could possibly think of. 
but sometimes it, it really works. Yeah. Once in a while you get shown the light. And, and surprising, uh, I mean, it's surprising the listeners, surprising the audience is always, that's always, that's, what that's, we, that's, that's what kind we of love. what it's all about. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and we're cognizant again that, that, you know, there's a Grateful Dead tribute outfit in every metropolitan area or, or more. And, uh, so, you know, we want to be a little bit different. At least I do. It, it is. I want to be when people who see all these Grateful Dead bands around the country, you know, trip through Portland and dump into us. And I want to raise an eyebrow. I want to right? raise our eyebrow think, right I away. Think we, you know, this band, this, this band, this current lineup accomplishes that. For sure. Really well. Yeah. Speaking of surprises. So I had one of my dreams come true on just a couple of weeks ago on December 30th, when we had a three piece horn section oh. with arranged parts, um, play with us. And, you know, we've all heard horns with the band, with the dead or Jerry, whatever, but never except for the New Year's with Etta James, with the Tower of Power horns, right. were there ever a horn section. And we wanted to, uh, there's a wonderful guy in town, Paul Brainerd, who writes, a, he's a trumpet player, but he writes the horn arrangements. And uh, about six months ago, I asked him, I said, you know, would you be into writing some stuff? And he said, yeah, I mean, I like the dead and, you know, and so, um, yeah, I could, I, I could do that. He never heard us. And, um, so we, as a band, uh, came up with a, a list. I mean, you could have easily when we got into it, 30, 40 tunes that would go so well, but we narrowed that down to about a dozen tunes. So we have, we had horn section on songs like uh music never stops scarlet begonias china cat china oh, wow. cat we had the ones that Tennessee we thought Chet. would work well with horns but right. he came in and said oh well there's a bunch of other ones that i arranged that we hadn't thought of right like brown eyed women and with it horns? was so with horns yeah uh, is there recordings of this stuff yeah out so there? that's there, it's yeah. gonna okay. get out soon but um and we're gonna start doing now that the arrangements are done and we had such a good time because the other two horn players we have sax and trombone. They didn't know the dead at all. They're just pros. They were just they're just good. <laughs> and then we had wow. Paul come in and sit sit in with us a few weeks before we all played together because we ended up having two rehearsals with the section. Um, but in that time frame before the rehearsals, we had Paul come and sit in with us so you could get a feel of how we approach things. You know, lengths of solos, jams, or that sort of thing, which I think helped him out um in putting putting it together as to how much would be written and how much would be improvisation and it it, it was i thought it was an amazing uh piece because sometimes i used to hear these songs i come from a jazz background and big band and stuff right and i had heard like that these songs though they were good they really could use some horns on them you know in sections and uh it was an amazing evening so we're gonna now that i was on the track that once now that we have the arrangements done, right. there's going to be select times through the year when we'll have the horns with us again. So yeah, that was so cool. Paul's a musical theory, super genius. So having him come in and do all the charts was pretty, pretty amazing. And yeah. watching those guys kind of on the fly in rehearsal, go over stuff or make corrections is like, man, that I can't, even fathom that you're able to do that while you're listening to us. That's right. We'd go through and we'd be playing the first, they'd play through this first course with us. And then we'd be playing the second verse 
and they'd be kind of huddling together, figuring out where we were, <laughs> where what they were going to do, like how they were going to change what like they on just the fly. did. Yeah, not at the show, but on at the a fly. rehearsal. And then, and then we yeah. said, "Well, do you want to go over it again?" No, we got it. No, we got it. right. Oh, I got it. Wow. And it, when when we never went it when we never actually accomplished it successfully altogether, but they made they, they <laughs> made crazy. an adjustment. They knew what happened, what happened that didn't happen that was supposed to happen or happened that wasn't supposed to happen. And, Made the correction on paper. Should we go through it again? No, I'll be. That we'll kind be of level we'll of mastery is insane to me. Of course they did. Having yeah. that much theory knowledge, being able to just kind of coalesce that and execute that in that way is kind of astounding. So having Paul. Marrying that to the Grateful Dead music of. Yeah, having somebody like Paul come in and stretch. play with us beforehand, he kind of got hip to our our signals and sort of how we listen to each other. I think more than what we were playing, his takeaway from it how was how you guys all listen to each other, not necessarily what you're actually no, playing. Right. Just There's watching you guys from this side of the table, you can see it. Just watching you sit there and talk, Playing off they're, each other. Playing, yeah. yeah. And there, there's a thing that, okay, seriously, yeah. there's a thing that's going on. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you guys about that too. I'm glad I thought of it. Uh, is so we're there and we all are experiencing this thing together and whatever it is, I don't know what the name is. It's Grateful Dead music. That's what it's called. And there's this interplay between the fans and the band and the music and this soup that happened. And you guys are up there making it happen on your end. But then you leave the stage. Do you guys like, do you find that it's made your communication non-verbally too? stronger between all of you off stage between the five of us yeah well uh, yeah I, I mean i would i would think so but it's uh i mean being in a band and, and being in a working band is kind of like dating four other dudes at the same time <laughs> it's kind of same as a podcast it's, too it's close it's close to that so i mean at over time and and just getting to it's know great each when other we're better. making beautiful music together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's right. right. Stuff that goes between. The rest of the time. I mean, we're, we're actually we're actually only in the Garcia birthday band while we're playing. When we're done and we walk off stage, we're just I'm just a guy from the Garcia birthday band. Yeah, there you go. It's, good. Oh, it's wow. not actually yeah. happening. Yeah, we're just yeah. friends, you know. And yeah, I mean, a, a lot goes on, you know. A lot you expose yourself emotionally. Um, you know, you're vulnerable when you're on stage yeah. playing and you're doing with all these people. And so there you you you're just open. You're giving a speech in your underwear every night to 200 people. Is that really how you guys see it? In some it ways, is. Uh, yeah. it is. Yeah. And maybe to your question, though, that, you know, we've been we're pushing this particular lineups pushing three years as, you know, 80, 80 shows a year. And you get you. you there's That's something you can't get except from that. You guys have all like from, 240 shows. Yeah. That's a lot so of shows. There's, there's, a, there's a level of communication both on and off the stage. And we, trust. We're, and trust. It's, yeah. There's a lot of that trust. We're here yeah. today only because we can, we're, we've been doing it as a group this long. And yeah, it stretches back, as Scott said, what, you know, with all of us. But I think there's something to be said for when you've got a core lineup that's together for a long time doing a lot of shows. You have that. It, it it does benefit your on and off stage. How long has the five of you in like this? Three years. Yeah, well, three, three of the three, other three, three of us. Three years in May. You okay. and I and, and 
Justin, yeah. uh, Scott, Justin, Arthur, we've been playing like a good five years okay. before that. Or yeah, something. yeah so probably played ten, 10 or eleven together. Yeah. yeah, so and you guys are. I mean, it's it's no, it's no. You say you say hobby, and I get it. <laughs> you got a day job, but. Man, you're busy. Like, it's a sacrifice. Yeah, and, hard, you're, uh, and you're putting on fest- festivals. I wish we did. We've played more. Really? Ah. <laughs> no. Oh. No. 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 Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. And you spoke about, Aaron, about the being so close to the band you know, when you're there. Mm -hmm. And it's one of these things where, uh, we, we like playing where in, we we draw 300 people to a show. We're all close together. And one, when we play shows that are larger, uh, occasionally people get very far, they get far away. It's, it's no longer as intimate. The stage is higher off the ground the um you know you don't feel as close together and so we fight this balance of people who would like to come out every weekend and see us play every weekend um with uh how well if we played a larger place every other weekend or that sort of thing um one of the so it's a balancing act uh, about trying to decrease the number of shows without playing too large of a place. And we keep the, because we, I don't know, maybe because we do have day jobs um, and the frequency that we play, we like keeping the ticket prices low. So it's really not a barrier to entry for anybody, right. virtually anybody. You know, we, we keep the price low so that people can come out anytime they want and not feel like, oh, well, I can't go next weekend because if it's going to cost me too much or whatever. And so, um, and the other dynamic Thanks is that Thanks for doing actually, that, guys. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Super cool. Yeah. Is that here in Portland, uh, we, have, we have venues that are 300 seat or 300 capacity. And then there's nothing in the 400, 500. You have to go up to twice, to 600 and larger. Roseland. There are smaller yeah. places that uh, there. there's no intermediate place right now. And People are working on that because people who book, they see that as well, that there's this there's this missing middle place here. So we try and balance how much we play with uh, you know, our own lives and everybody's life is different and everybody's lives go through cycles where, oh, I it's a little bit more of a pressure on me now, and then it changes and that's not as much a pressure right. on me. But we're trying to reduce the number of shows and still. There's no question, though, that, I mean, our significant others are it, that we couldn't do what we do with the frequency that we do it without their support. There's no yeah. there's no way it would be possible. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, even just doing this show has drastically altered our reality, like huge. It's you know, it's a commitment every weekend. Mm-hmm. And it's a thing and, and we all have to be involved. And I know what you guys mean about the, the ebb and flow of pressure with it. Cause that happens. It happens. It's happened with all of us now. Yeah. And it's a, it's a cool balancing act to be able to do. I think that when you're a creative person, you have to have that outlet. Otherwise you atrophy, you know, especially. And that's the support we get yeah. from our, from our partners is that they understand that as well and support it. Um, 
one good thing about Portland is we've got a deep bench of players. So if we're doing a show and myself or somebody says, you know, that's a conflict for me for whatever reason, and then we just go to the bench and go, there's so many players who would love to play that's a so night cool. with us. Who know the music. Who know the music. They get a chance to play, you know, and, and people, and then the person who can't make a gig, they can go and do their thing and there's no worries. As, as still the relative new guy, I haven't, I haven't worked long enough to get any paid time off, but <laughs> I can actually get some out of a gig. 401k doesn't happen for another five years. <laughs> yeah. We were trying to work that into the podcast. Yeah, the 401k <laughs> and the whole thing. Yeah. Stock up. <laughs> I, I'm curious too, man, like we were talking a little bit, Art and I, um, about Fare Thee Well and what's been your experience since those shows? Have you, have you guys seen the explosion happen here as much as we have everywhere else? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, Portland, the Portland music scene has always had a pretty strong element of deadhead. Mm -hmm. maybe a little even more so in Eugene, but Portland's always been as far as the West coast goes, like maybe second to, you know, San Francisco and the Bay area itself. That's how I always saw it in my head. And since fairly well happened, I think that brought a lot of attention from people who either hadn't even visited the, the dead since Jerry's death or people that had never actually looked at the dead as anything, you know, serious. Cause for, I mean, for a long time, hating on the dead was sort of like a, a pastime for mm-hmm. lots of musicians. And then after 2015, then suddenly it's kind of made it okay. You can, you can be a deadhead and play in Jane's addiction or whatever. Right. Or be into that kind of thing. Henry, uh, Henry Rollins is a deadhead. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And, and, since 2015, since Fairly Well happened, that definitely brought a lot of attention to probably uh, dead cover bands throughout the country. Mm-hmm. And it certainly uh, accelerated things for us. No, no question of that. That combined with what Arthur was saying before, um, social media, the deadhead community is on that. And well, I mean, the deadhead community yeah. has been central to that for years, but that's definitely brought a lot of positive attention and people are willing to go out and see pay to see either it performed live or hear recordings of it. Some people with, you know, do that five nights, six nights a week if they could. So it's definitely since for the fairly well thing happened, brought a lot of positive attention to the, to the scene. We're lucky that, that, that Did happened. any of you guys make it to fairly well? We all did. Actually. Oh, awesome. yeah. mm-hmm. We got to write it off as a business expense. Oh, <laughs> of course. Why wouldn't you? It's Look, continuing yeah. education. Absolutely. Yeah. Research. Development. <laughs> Development. It's like going to Bet. the uh, uh, trade show. You know? It's awesome. Walk in the, tra- walk in the Shakedown Street trade show booth. <laughs> Dar- guys, you hear this. Listen. No, of course he oh, stopped. He, he stopped. Oh. He listened too. That was a he good, always tunes in on every podcast. Good, that was a good solid yeah, dog exactly, snore. Exactly yeah. Yeah. I have to mention that Darwin has been an angel when everybody All came. Day. He loves these guys. Yeah. So, you know. He's usually 
a pain for a while. He recognizes family when they see oh, yeah. him. Yeah. And the cookies um, helped. Yeah. Cookies, yeah. Yeah. What kind of cookies were they? No, I, I wanted no, to ask. Uh, dog cookies. Uh, dog dog kind of cook, not those cookies. I had a question that I, I, I when I was down at the bottom of the driveway and started talking to you guys, waiting for this. I'm interested about your doing a week in Costa Rica coming up. How did how like how'd that come together? And you guys decided we answered a Craigslist ad. Really? Wait, wait a minute. It's, is that how uh, that is true? Chris, because that is true. Yeah, a fellow who owns a small resort, like a twenty bedroom, twenty room resort um, down there. Uh, John Kay's band is uh, John Kay went there and played a couple other, and he just got a hold of us. Said, hey, would you guys be interested in coming down? So we're like, oh, what's it? You know, it's all inclusive a week, you know, only 40 people. So as soon as we announced it to our close family, you know, those 40 spots got filled up. So we're going to go down there together and hang out at a resort and play, for play around the pool for, uh, most of the days and then uh, two nights in town at a club. Just down in town. Wow. Is it in San Jose down there? Or? In Jaco? Jaco. Jaco Beach. Beach. Yes, I've been there about okay. eight years ago. It went on monkey tours. Yeah, so we're going to go on, in the jungle. Yeah. You're yeah, going to have an incredible out, time together. Tours together yeah, awesome. and things yeah. like that. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah, and then, uh, yeah. So. What a neat opportunity. Thank music, you, Craigslist. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, okay. So talking about playing elsewhere. You guys do a festival every year. Do a festival. Yeah, musicians who put on their own festival. Yeah, yeah. True. you guys are the festival. We are. This so be the how did that happen? Year. Well, that happened. We <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we were hired to play we were hired to play a birthday party at that location. Okay. Pecan Ferry, Washington, which is a private boat ramp, private property that's family owned for generations. A generations. long time. Yeah. And so we went and played this party, and I think you and I were both there. But yeah, yeah. Peter, I don't. You weren't no, there no. at that oh, yeah. at that point. But we, uh, <laughs> so we played this party, and we were set up there. But it was clearly not our party. We were there, but we were only one of many things that was going on. That was the main draw. Mostly a beer pong tournament was going <laughs> oh, on. Man. So not our crowd necessarily. But yeah. when we went to the to the spot and we looked around and realized, Hey, you know, we could rent this site and put on our own mm -hmm. festival. And as, next year, next summer, as, we as were it there turns out, that's, that's exactly what we did. Cause there's only room for about 500 people and we get to play whenever we want and whenever we don't want. And it was funny because the first year, first and second year, it's like we decided, well, I think the first year we were the only band. We played seven sets through the weekend. And, wow. um, and then the next year, uh, and then people say, Oh, can we play at your festival? We're like, no, we don't have bands play at our festival. They were like, what? You don't have bands play? <laughs> so then we How started. How can you call it a festival? <laughs> <you're> not, right? <laughs> Cause we're playing, man. <laughs> yeah, so, then we, so then we decided yeah, <laughs> on Saturday afternoon, uh, we'd have three or four bands play. And then, um, cause we get started early and, um, by, by midnight or one o'clock, and there's a huge uh, bonfire. So then we'd have late night music around the bonfire. So oh, wow. things could go late. And um, it it became uh, the melting pot of 
our fans getting to know each other because a lot of people only see each other at shows, right. maybe communicate a little bit on Facebook or whatever. But this gave people time to hang out for three days. When you get to share a really, porta potty with someone, you, you, you really, get to know yeah. each other. You get to know each other, and <laughs> and that really helped. And every year, it's it's like the mecca. You know, everybody go back to it, and um, yeah, it's wonderful. We've made a lot of mistakes over the past five years, and learned more about putting the festival on over, and it's yeah. improved. We've, like we've, what? Oh well, <laughs> not enough porta potties. Not enough porta potties, or or basically, you know, losing a bunch of money putting it on the first year. Yeah, or um, uh, having people talk at night when all they want to do is hear music <laughs> right. once they're high. Yeah, and, um, but other things, you know, and uh, but generally, everybody came out. You know, figuring out logistically, definitely. For, okay. The first year when our last set of Saturday night got curtailed because there was a new sheriff in town. And, uh, Literally. They got the, yes. And because we, when we went there, the, the family has known these the law enforcement for decades. Right. And they're like, don't wild parties at this place yeah, for a long time. Yeah. Don't worry about it. When the sheriff comes, we'll let them know and blah, blah, blah. It'll all be fine. Well, this year, that year, it was the second year. This was the first year. Oh, it was the first yep. year. And um, they were like, um, we saw things happen. And uh, somebody came over and went, the family said, okay, you can't play anymore tonight. Well, in all, so, in all fairness, the DB reading from the highway exit, you could hear the band from where that giant new casino is. Like two is miles away. Which is high, where a is. Yeah, yes. exactly. So, so you could hear the band from that far away. So at that point, we had to tell people who were really high uh, <laughs> waiting for this third set Saturday oh, night. Uh, we could not, we're not going to play anymore that night. So we told him though, but get up early because we'll start at 10 a.m. and we'll give you an extra set in the morning. Actually, we and didn't. That third we didn't tell him that beforehand. We just. <laughs> oh, we, that's right. We just announced that we couldn't play anymore. Right. Right. And then I woke everybody up it's at it. nine in the morning. He said, nine "Get up. We're, we're going to go play." <laughs> that's awesome. So we started playing, yeah. and everybody comes out of their tents. But uh, we love doing it. Yeah. It's it's. Meeting that, meeting the family, the Robinson family that that owns the property, they've been supportive of it as it's kind of uh, grown mm -hmm. over time, and the logistically, I think getting getting it all figured out with camping and getting all the vehicles situated, um, it's we're really lucky that that they've been able to sort of grow along with the festival. Yes. yes. Very 500 awesome. people, I mean, you can say it offhand. You go, oh, yes, yeah, 500 people. That's a lot of freaking people but to deal with. And festivals go, that's that's actually really small. But there Ooh. are 500 people, and we haven't really had any incidents. People mm -hmm. take care of themselves. And, um, you know, Dennis McNally, the mm -hmm. Grateful Dead biographer, and um, I've known Dennis for quite a while. It's like the second or third year. Uh, I was talking to Dennis, and I said, Dennis, hey, how would you feel about coming up and joining us at our festival for a weekend you can he does to chat he'll you know sit on stage and tell stories and banter with, with the crowd oh that's cool it's like our three you know i'm not really into these weekend festivals anymore i said well what if i can get you a bed like right there oh uh, all right all right i'll do it for you i'll come up so he came up Three years ago, first time, maybe yep. three years ago, he came up by himself. 
by the end of the three nights, the three days, he was so taken by the energy of our folks. He had heard us once. We met him before once uh, while we were playing. So he knew a little bit about the band. But um, after that time, by the end of the time, he was like, can I please come back next year? And he said, here's the thing. He said, every, as, as Scott was pointing out, every every metropolitan area has a Grateful Dead cover band. He said, this is what needs to happen in every town. This, there could be a hundred of these. I said, yes, there could be. If you had the right place to go, the right, uh, the right band, the right family, people willing to put some money on the line to make it happen. And the same thing with this. We don't charge a lot of money because we no. just want people to come. And, and he said, yeah, I guess the, the elements do have to line up because we have a very receptive family who owns this campground who invite, who has really come on come on the bus, right? And pretty much uh-huh. and really enjoy what we brought to them. Because the first year we knew nobody there. And I remember I went out with a couple people to meet them. And so they're not deadheads. No, no, they they weren't until we found. We didn't know this when we first met them. It didn't seem as though they were. But well, as it one turns in the out, family, yeah, is a big fan, you know, was and is a big fan. But first, they were very skeptical. They realized by the end of our planning process for the first year that we we knew our shit. We were good people. We were going to work with them. They're going to work with us. And by the end of that first year, like, wow, that was that you bring us such a wonderful group of people. You all are so nice. Right. It was just a validation wow. of the family, you know, a, of our, cool. our family. And the, it's not rowdy people. There's not fights. They no. don't have to deal with that. No. And that's why the clubs, you know, wherever we play like us, because there are exactly there's no fights. There's, you know, people are pretty cool. They enjoy alcohol, but they don't. Get crazy. Oh, don't get. It's not amateur hour. No, like, no, no. And <laughs> they love but, having us. I mean, right now, one of the things we we're talking about our partners and things is that we can book a whole year in advance. So even wow. like in the summer to fall of this year, we'll book all of 2019. Pretty much lay it out the way we want it because we can get the dates and book it strategically. Because playing in Portland, you have to kind of move around and do your thing. And we can pretty much put together what we want and all the band members can look at the schedule and go, oh, no, no, that's my weekend away. Let me move that here. Can we move that there? And then we move stuff around. But, you know, we, we kind of know and we can plan our time with our families and everything. So, that's cool to make yeah, it and like the, that. Yeah, the venues love us. Yeah. People would just stop coming. We'd probably get tape, taper off the gigs. <laughs> we wouldn't have to play so much. We just keep reason. showing up. <laughs> they keep showing up, and and then if uh, you know, and then we keep. We'll finish a show, and we'll look at each other. That's the best we've ever played. And it just keeps getting better. You know, it, yes, it's not a straight up trajectory, but it's you take away the curves, and it is a you know this band is getting better. At, at doing this and uh so is there a, so, a desire to go full-time no no there's not even a desire to play outside of yeah, portland and eugene we, we have no yeah i mean we're doing that's one, awesome we're actually Seattle getting out of state for the first time we've we've south th- anyway, there have been now. times when i we've been approached or or it's been alluded to that we should uh, tour 
And as a person in my late forties, I don't have any desire to sleep on people's floors or thermorest anymore. Mm -hmm. If we were in our twenties, I'd be okay with it, but there's no way I could do that now. I mean, it's a lot of, of it's a lot of travel. I said that even about going to the gorge and Eugene dead and company shows. I was like, that's a long fucking day, man. And I was sleeping on a floor in a hotel room and then driving six hours. Like I'm old. I'm just going to Eugene. And it's a lot of work. (laughs) I mean, if you look at, uh, like a, you know, a local bands, like fruition, I mean, they're, they're on the road 200 days a year. Right. World's finest up until recently. I mean, they were on tour all over the West coast for weeks at a time. And I don't think that any of us are really even want to do that. No. Um, and we don't have to, which is, which is kind of great. The Portland music scene, as far as deadheads go, is enthusiastic and all up for it. So sweet. If, if we don't have to travel and they don't have to travel very yeah, far, then I, I, I have a hard time thinking about leaving. Once I got here and like my roots were in, in Portland, I don't want. I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to go on vacation anywhere. I'll go to the coast. <laughs> sure. I'll go to the mountains. I'll go down south to Bend. Like what? I have to go on Why bother? Yeah. It's all here. It's, so we're lucky in that. In that the that the scene that the Deadheads have are. They're. I mean, they're everywhere. We all over the place. If if we play out a show out at the coast, which we rarely do, we did do that. Mm-hmm. There would be people that we have never seen before that would that would show up. And, and we're tapped into a low percentage of that scene here, as far as people who readily know about us and who come to see us on a, you know, even even a couple times a year. Right. And and I learn that when every time I go see Dark Star Orchestra and there's <laughs> thousand people. thousand two thousand people show up and at, at, at the granted we know a lot of them. Granted we know a lot of them, but it's <laughs> but like there's a I lot we don't know, never see where are all. And, where are you people? Where are you people? And don't you know about you know us? If you're into this sort of thing, so little by little are. they are. Yeah, and so but it's you know you, you know we long slog. But yeah, it's you know it's kind of like uh, deadheads are a hard they're a hard group. They're skeptical, mm-hmm. yeah. so <laughs> I hear it often. Yes. Like somebody will come up. Man, I love you guys, but I got to tell you. Okay, so my friend John, all right, he's been telling me for about a year now, you got to come see these guys play. You know, they're really good. You're going to have fun. And I've been like, nah, I'm just going to stay home and listen to the tapes I have or watch a video or stream something. And it's like, nah, another Grateful Dead cover band because most of them are mediocre. You know, I've seen a lot of them. I've been in them. You know, and, uh, you know, it's like, yeah, I'd rather stay at home and do something else. And then they're like, oh, when they finally come, they're like, oh, wait a minute. You're not one of those. Mm -mm. You're actually good. You're, you know, this is fun. And then they come out. But that's why I think a lot of them don't even bother coming. It's like, nah, it's just a trip to cover band. It's it's the band. It's the vibe more than the music. It's the people getting the vibe right. Yeah. And the combination, because I, you know, the music does have to be good. If it's mediocre music, I do think that the the scene reflects part of that, sure. you know? Absolutely. And the com- like you mentioned, the camaraderie, the chemistry we have on stage, even though we're just doing what we do, people say, wow, you know, just watching you guys having so much fun together, there's nothing we can do but have fun too. And it's like... It's definitely, yeah. it's definitely different though it, it, when you see it when you see a similar band trying to do that, that the same thing in a different 
place. Like I, I went to see the swag after that fairly well show. Right. And they were playing it in da- right there on uh, Lakeshore drive. Mm-hmm. Um, at, I think one of those old, old hotels and they had, had a whole huge ballroom mm-hmm. thing and a big after party set up and there was vending inside. And it was, it was, it was good. Uh, but go walking in there, the, the vibe from the St. Louis Midwest dead cover band scene to what we're used to. I mean, it's, it's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're playing the same music. The people look similar, but it's, 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 it's different. It's a little more harsh, isn't it? It's, uh, yeah. I mean, just rougher, maybe, yeah. I guess, but not mean, just no. rougher. Yeah. Just a little, a little more curt, maybe, mm-hmm. but it was ha- having, mm-hmm. having been out on the, out here on the West Coast since 93, I had forgotten the difference. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 I mean, it's, it's definitely different. It was different when you would hear tapes of the dead playing on the East coast versus what they played in the Midwest or on the West coast. It's the same, same kind of thing with seeing cover bands around the country. I realized when I, South. yeah, when I went, when I was on dead tour, I, I grew up in Vegas and California and you know, that's what I knew. And I toured in 90, 91. And when I went to my first East Coast show, it was it was surprising for me. Like nothing, I'm not saying and not disparaging anything with East Coast Deadheads. It was just different. It was a different vibe. Out west, it seemed more slow. We're we're a little more laid back, and yeah, we take longer between our set yeah, our songs. It's just people, a different. It's a different we thing. Get, we yeah, we have the liberty of like taking yeah. longer between songs, and you know, really, we uh, we give the the, the audience chance to talk to each other as well. Yeah, right? get it so out of your system so you're not doing it while like we play. Social, little social time. Thank you, because sometimes there's stuff to say. Yeah, I mean, people want to talk yeah. to each other, like, you know, because we may play a half hour at a time and stop, you know, play play some songs and get played for a half hour. And then it's like, okay, so anyway, so, uh, and we chat. <laughs> you got to have a second to go, did yeah. you hear what they just yeah. did? Did yeah, you hear that? Like, what was that? Whose head is mine? And we're, we're like, <laughs> we're the same way. I mean, the other, the problem is that oh. we're talking about, you know, what's your plan and, you know, we'll get into jams and I, I know it happens with other people. I'm like, what song are we playing? Do we have to go back to a song? Do we have, to, song? Finish Do we have yeah. to finish it? Do we, Did we finish which, it? What Did song we are we playing? It, yeah. Is there something else coming? And like you say, what happened? These are kind of the mistakes. Yeah. Like I may think we just, we've completed the entire song in a jam and I'm on to a whole new song and I'm just and taking the band into playing. a new groove and there, and people mm-hmm. are looking at me and going, Oh, this must be one of those times. <laughs> or, you know, we're thinking about what we're what okay guys what do you want to play next and half of us are going what did we just finish like, what, <laughs> oh, what, was, what was that and that's kind of like being in the moment and this moving on to the next moment there was uh, the, yeah. my favorite example of that was when we played at the country fair at the teddy bear picnic the oregon country fair has a post fair uh picnic for the for the workers in i think it's in august yeah so yeah. we we played at this and that's right near the Vanita where the Vanita show from 72 took place. So we played that and like the whole set, it was crazy. It was like Cassidy, uncle John's blah, blah, blah. And it was like five Gazintas with the arrows, but I don't think we finished any of them because we just kept going and and everything was fine and the audience was into it. And it's like, did we, 
did we finish Cassidy? No. Did we finish playing? No. Did we finish <laughs> Uncle John's band? No, no. we didn't. Mm-hmm. Right. So yep. then we would have to wait like another whole week to finish all of them. Yeah, <laughs> and a that, totally and that, separate show. And that opens, yeah, we do something things. like that opens it up. Like, okay, we didn't finish anything. So let's, you know, Fit. six shows later, let's do this first set of just all the finishes. All the ends. <laughs> we'll, we'll finish <laughs> all the ends. Or something finish. crazy. And that that's kind of the way we like to yeah. try to think of how to, when Louis, how when to make strange Louis did the uh, Louis did the Al's, one of the nights at Al's Den with us, Louis Longmire, who's an amazing local musician and has many bands are definitely worth, worth checking out. But you want to throw out a couple of those? Uh, Louis Longmire and the left coast roasters for sure. Um, he also plays with Taylor Kingman and the Holy Know Nothings. Um, <laughs> he's just he's a he's a member of uh, brothers. Uh, brothers and Sister. Brothers and Sister, the Almond brothers. brothers tribute band that plays occasionally, who are superb. Um, but he he sits in with us uh, not infrequently, maybe once or twice a year, and a lot of times had played down his whole Deadhead involvement. I mean, he's definitely a hippie, but. He his original stuff is very strong and, and he favors all of that. Right. And he sat in with us and his his one thing was said, Well, look, I'm all about pre-1975 with lots of chord changes. So <laughs> we kind of tailored it and said, Okay, well, we can we can accommodate that. Sure, no problem. But the last time he played with us, we did a whole big long sequence and then came back to the end of playing in the band, which we had started four days earlier in the run. <laughs> and he, he thought, he was like, wait, where did that come from? Do we actually play that? It's like, no, we started that on Sunday. And that was four days ago. You were marinating. You were here awesome. for that one. But it is a testament to his, to his, his ears and his skill. He was able to kind of pick up on that and had no problems kind of just falling right in. Brothers, yeah. And, Finishing the song from four days before. Wow. Wow. <laughs> you know, something that you guys said really like rung my bell about your festival was that it gave the fans a chance <laughs> to get to know each other and it mm-hmm. built this community. It, it started like making the thing gel a little bit. Mm-hmm. And since starting this show, that's kind of what it's become. It's becoming this little community. It's weird. It's it's a trip to be driving that bus instead of being on it, you know. And I think it's it's really important. I, I think that's a huge deal right now because I was telling you earlier, Art. Like, I think a lot of people out there are super lonely and don't have community around them, and they love music and they love the dead or whatever the thing is and they don't know how to connect and then coming out to see you guys and then being able to go to a festival or being able to hear this and feeling like you're on the porch with us. That's a big deal. I I think that what you guys do is as much for yourselves, right? You know, you guys are creative guys and musicians, so you want to pour it out, but it's a, it's a public service. In my so I I appreciate you guys, man. It was a cool thing to be welcomed to Portland by you, and then now yes. full circle coming and sitting here with you guys and getting to talk. It's fucking rad. Well, 
Thank I you. Yeah, you that's and we didn't mention on air the Grateful Dad run that they were involved yeah. in too. Like, this is, you guys are just special. And getting to know you guys right now has been really great. Thank you. Yeah. Is there is there any before we stop recording? Um, is there anything you guys want to shout out that's coming up? Or I mean, I think we talked about the. Are we playing anytime soon? We're playing tonight. <laughs> We're playing tonight. <laughs> Where are we playing tonight? Air, well, this will air after. So yeah, yeah, this will air. Well, what well, we should mention that uh, the, our, we're, we're doing a we're doing a rare. Speaking of not touring, a rare sojourn. <laughs> yeah, uh, a rare sojourn uh, southward. So we'll be playing in the beginning of April. We're playing at the Talent Club in Talent, Oregon, uh, on a Thursday night, and then Friday night we're playing in. Uh, Arcada at, at Humber Humbrews, and then that Saturday we're playing at uh, Terrapin Crossroads in the bar, which we're Whoa. really really wow. excited about. Yeah. So I'm hoping that Phil Lesh is there so he can play my bass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we're, I'm sure there'll be special guests that that evening. We just wanted to, our fans have been wanting us to go play a Terrapin. We've been going, you know, it'd be fun to go play a Terrapin. I've never been there. And, so. and it's not, you know, this is not a money-making venture as touring never is, uh, but uh, rarely is. But we just wanted to go. So um, I think we'll have a nice contingent of Portland people going with us that first weekend of April. Uh, on this little sojourn. Yeah. Yeah. Get some Very stuffed cool. mushrooms. It's a great, yeah, the food, the venue. <laughs> I've heard the asparagus or the Brussels sprouts are, are yeah, supposedly the Brussels really sprouts. Yeah. Really that, uh, it, was, it was really cool going there. Him Me and, and him I took a trip to yeah. see yeah. fellow cool. friends. Yeah, because we planned the bar. It's all ages, free. Yep. And uh, early 8.30, I think it's an early, early start. And um, a lot of our, a lot of our Portland fans who have friends in the Bay Area who they've been telling about were the band. Now oh, they wow. get to bring Come them. And yeah. So it should be a nice little evening. And, uh, yeah. I'm just curious to know what the former philzone.org, rest in peace, all those super any folks that are, seem to dominate TXR, uh, what, they, what they think. Yeah. They're going to fucking love you guys. Man. I'm optimistic. Yeah, so it'll be, yeah. yeah. It's, you guys, it's family. You guys will be, it's, yeah, it's gonna yeah, be. And awesome. when you played in the bar too, that's when we went there. We were blown away by that because we go in to have brunch. Graham and those and guys Graham are playing. Is yeah. playing with his band the entire time that we're sitting there. How, <laughs> yeah. we're, I'm table, eating eggs, watching Graham like play. The washer and dryer, like <laughs> yeah. 15 feet. We're like, I got a buddy of mine lives down there. He goes there most every weekend, and uh, I was talking to him about that we're coming down. It's like, oh, are you playing the bar or the great room? I said, we're playing the bar. That's better in my opinion. I think it's bigger. <laughs> Plus, you can get right up and all yeah. around, and yep. good. It's yeah. in the round for sure. He'll be right up front, I'm sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, once again, guys, thanks. I appreciate you guys coming here, and hey, thanks thank for you what you're doing, man. Thanks for what you're doing. Yes, thank you. Right on, you guys. Yeah, pleasure to meet you all. all right. Yeah. So yeah, go see him at Terrapin Crossroads, and if you're up here in Portland, you guys, this is something you got to do. It's not just another Grateful Dead cover band. This is family, and it's home. And it's fucking rad. So they helped give us our group back. <laughs> yeah, it did. All right. So everybody have a good week and we love you. And we'll see you soon with another interview. Thanks. With somebody. Baby. I don't bye know who's going to be. Bye, bye. bye guys. Thank you. What is a city without its music? 
the legacy of the New York Philharmonic. It's incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. I want to tell you about the April-May 2023 issue of Relics Magazine. Features a Dave Matthews Band cover story with additional articles and interviews with The National, Graham Nash, Wayne Shorter, ALO, Ivan Neville, our friend Eric Krasno and Stanton Moore, Marty Stewart, and much more. Check out the latest version of Relics and subscribe now at relics.com slash DMB. Thanks, Relics. Yes, welcome everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimbut the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you!